podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and this week I am joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. Well, what a difference a week makes. How beautiful. It's a bit like Groundhog Day, but better because we changed it. We went to London and we won. What, Rocco, you didn't get to go this week though. Yeah, I picked the wrong one, didn't I? But um, I was still delighted, even though I uh, I was following the game from the Women's Institute in Romanby because uh, I was at a christening. So yeah. Say that sounds like a story. There's a story there. But... <laughs> yeah, pretty unlikely place, but uh, yeah, what, what a brilliant win anyway. I'm just disappointed you weren't knitting or something at the Women's Institute, Rocco. <laughs> Funnily enough, my wife went to, last went to that place for a Hindu, and yeah, it was a knitting. Uh, it was a knitting event. That's very civilized. Yeah, and yeah. they even got told off for bringing a bottle of prosecco. Really? By the, by, yeah, by the by the uh, the bride's mother. What? I know. There you go. I that bet you didn't think we'd start off talking about the Women's Institute and knitting, did you? No, but that's the beauty of having your own podcast. You can take it whatever direction you want. <laughs> We could, I mean, and there's some funny directions we could go tonight. So uh, we're going to get into Frozen at one part. But just remind me that and we'll get back to it. What a great start to the game yesterday. So much of it felt different. But I, do you know how good it was? I've even made notes tonight. Oh, I've made, bloody I've hell. Made, I've made lists. I've made a list. It's so funny. It's Every week you lose, we just no one makes any notes. You just erase it from your mind. And then look at you, Paul. You've got like a flipping monologue written in there by the looks of it. Well, we don't even do a show when we lose, really, do we? So uh, we should. We need to be a bit more consistent. But this slot seems good, so we're in it to hopefully win it a bit more often. So uh, let's start at the traditional place, the start. The starting lineup seemed as good as it could be. And uh, just a little nod to the fact that at the start of the game, we had uh, about as many senior professionals available as Arsenal did this weekend. But um, we decided to give it a game. And I know we've called games off over Christmas, but I think I think we had five available at, at that point. So, you know, the, there are differences, but we got going. I, I was pleased with the lineup. Obviously, it didn't take too long for, for us to not have that many available fit players, but it was about as good as it could be. What do you think? I just love the integrity of Marcelo Bielsa. Never complains, does he? You know, I think all of his principles uh, throughout the years keeping your under 18s, your under 23s and your first team close paid off, you know, like getting a result against a Premier League side that is, you know, very close to the the top the top teams, uh, whether they deserve it or not is another question, but to, to be challenging and getting a, a victory against them away is, is phenomenal. It's awesome. What a feeling. Yesterday was amazing. And I, you know, and I said to you both in the last podcast, I had a good feeling about it because... I don't think West Ham are all that. They're, they've they've got some good players in there. Like Jared Bowen's a great player, and he's always caused us problems, even when he was at Hull. And Declan Rice is a fantastic player as well. But you know, beatable, easily beatable, and we and we proved that they are. Yeah, you nailed it. <clears throat> I also thought, yeah, it 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 was um, you know, obviously, yeah, Bielsa's um, yeah, principles won the day, but also. 
I mean, it's his man management as well. You know, this this idea of you know complaining all the time. I mean, it, you know, it's demeaning for the players in these in these other teams that you know to hear your manager come out and you know be, be going on like they do. Whereas Bielsa just, you know, gets on with it and he trusts them, and and then you know they go out and they, you know, they're determined to prove him right, and uh, and yeah, they they did that. It was absolutely, yeah, a brilliant performance. Like you say, when the two players went off injured, you know, I feared the worst. I think were we winning at that point? We were. It was yeah. it was just after the first goal because Forshaw had a got managed to get an assist in only playing for yeah. fifteen minutes or so, but it was a really unfortunate moment. For those two, but like you said, James, when we've got players who they they just shuffle around and and they are ready to step in at that moment and um, and and step in, they did. But that first goal, it was quality. It was quality pressing. It was quality on the front foot, high tempo. A lot of what last week kind of lacked. I I I feel in games we're either on it or we're not quite there. It's not, you know, some teams could be struggling for spells and then switch it on. We don't often do that. It's it's pretty consistent throughout the performance. And you could tell yesterday from the from the word go that we were all over them. Yeah, you very rarely get it, do you? When when we make a fast start, you know, when when we look at it, it it very rarely goes the other way. Um, it sometimes goes like we've had bad first halves and then come out and improved. But yeah, it, it was like uh, Ailing played a brilliant ball over the top down the channel, and yeah, they've, they've not really been coming off for him, have they? But um, that was absolutely perfect. In well, the one at the start of the second half didn't come off for him because it got pressed and they scored. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah. but that kind of shows you they're a bit of a percentages ball, mm. like that we're not going to win all of them. But that one uh, was brilliant. I've, and I've, I think I've noticed in the last few games that very early on we've tried to. Uh, have it out on the right and pass it over quickly. Uh, sorry, uh, long balls over the top. And I don't know whether that's because we assume they'll be off guard that early on, or you've got like Rafinha who's just like happy to run all day and gamble on it, as is Dan James as well. So it was good actually that they have tried that the last few games and it's finally paid off. I think they deserved it to be honest. And I love that the first goal went through like four midfielders in the box as well. <laughs> it's like everyone had a touch before Jackie Boy smashed it in. Click had a great strike, and the and the keeper mm. did a sort of I, I don't know whether he did well or did like because he's pounded it out in, straight into four shot, but that quickness of of mind to know like all of that was brilliant because Jack Harrison was stood, he was poised exactly where he needed to be to gamble on that ball breaking from there, and Forshaw kept the ball alive, beautiful little pass. And and my favourite bit of it, obviously, it was a great finish. But Rafinha was busting her gut to get on the end of it. He literally slid. He was desperate to get a touch on it. I, I was like, that would have been so harsh, wouldn't it? It's like the the, the glory of Jack smashing it in, and Rafinha's like, "Yep, yeah, I'll have that." Yeah, but I mean, Jack Jack Harrison managed to get one of those in the second goal, and then we managed to do it fully on the on the fourth goal and uh, mug ourselves off. So. Yeah, at that point, 1-0, all good. And then we've got the injuries. Is there any word yet on the extent to those injuries? I saw that Forshaw had put on Instagram that it was only like a a slight injury and he was hoping to be back this weekend, if not after the break. So that's positive. Mm. I think given given how well uh, Lewis Bate did as well, I know he got pulled off, but I think that was more tactical than anything else. 
That it doesn't really worry me to be honest. No, I really like the same bait against Newcastle if he if he plays because like, yeah, I thought it was superb. I, I I didn't really think he was. I, I don't know, like in the cup game, I, I don't think he did that well. I don't think he did badly, but mm. I mean, it, it was hard to shine because we just didn't really turn up. But yeah, on Sunday he was he was fantastic. He, he I, I saw someone else say it. He, he did remind me of um, of Lewis Cook. You know the way. He plays at quite a high intensity and he's quick on the ball, quick feet, just sort of buzzing around. He's yeah, he looks a real player. I'm going to show a bit of under 23's ignorance here because I get Max Dean and Lewis Bate confused because of the short names. So I just thought I'd interject and say, have you seen Max Dean's goal from uh, the Wigan? Game? Oh yeah, that was yeah, a, yeah. that was an absolute belter. absolute belter of a goal. So if you haven't seen that. Get on the uh, socials and check on, that out because that was phenomenal. On Lewis Bate and the sort of central midfield roles at Leeds, I feel, you know, you know, I think you said it in the last podcast, Rocco, that, you know, you didn't think that for sure could go up a notch for himself. And like, very much like when he first started playing under Bielsa, it felt a bit sort of sidewaysy and not really progressive. And and it was like he was kind of getting used to the, the system a bit. And now that he gets it, he's like a really good player in that position. I think that's a bit of where Bait is at the minute. It's kind of like, well, he's getting used to what the parameters of where he can play and what he can do. But then I, th- I think as soon as he's got a bit more comfortable, you'll probably see a better side of him. But the fact that he's getting all the simple stuff right and he's really young and he's <laughs> and he's playing in the Premier League, it's you know, it's like it's only bodes well, doesn't it? Yeah. We could talk about Forshaw for quite a while, to be fair, and he was he was only on the pitch yeah, for a little while. Because I thought of you early doors, James, because you posted on Twitter a few weeks ago after he did that kind of pirouetting moment where, <laughs> where he twisted turn you did a Mario thing. Then he did it again yesterday around Mike Dean. Not Mike, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw, saw him went in all the way. the way around him. I was like, I, I was just like, get out the way, Mike Dean. <laughs> That's so annoying. Like, Forshaw's signature move, like an ailing flop, but Forshaw just does a full 360. The Forshaw yeah. flaunts like a little pirouette. <laughs> he did a beautiful ball with the outside of his foot as well, didn't he, into Dan James. Oh, that, yeah. that was that was a lovely bit of football, actually, down the wing, wasn't it? And then, uh, yeah, he played a great ball in, and probably James's best effort on, on goal, actually, left foot shot that wasn't too far away. Antonio, would he suit our system? Would you like Antonio at the at, at the front of what we do? Because in the two games this season, the two league games, I think he, with a different ref on a different day or someone who's actually looking at the air, I think he could have been sent off in both league games. I mean, I hold a grudge. So, like... Oh, yeah, that tackle. Yeah, like, so I, I in the about first that. game at Ellen Road, I think he was lucky to still be on the pitch for, for similar kind of things. And then yesterday, that tackle was... Pretty filthy. You've seen them as reds, and I don't know whether VAR are trying to be like cool these days and just check things quickly and say, "Oh yeah, it's fine. Crack on with your decision," which maybe is what it's there for. Rather, but he then to win a corner, which uh, they should have scored from. He dived, and that that kind of it's a lack of consistency that that really gets me. Like, if players go over in the box and there's no contact and it's not a foul then they've dived so yeah it's not it's it's basically not against the rules to dive it seems like you, players don't get punished for it i mean has, has anyone been booked this season for diving um maybe a Leeds player has but like other 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 players definitely don't they, they just seem to they almost encourage it especially with VAR now because you can dive and 
maybe there's some contact at some point and, and you might get a decision. It's it's just crazy. Like they should be using VAR to get that side of the game, um, you know, get it out of the game. But last week I was happy to slag West Ham off all day because they won. But today I'm going to praise the bits that I enjoy of West Ham and uh, enjoy the fact that we beat them. So I, I do enjoy watching Antonio play again. I, I think he's always got a goal in him against any team because of his sheer power and yet and he has that turn of pace as well so i think we learned obviously it was different people marking him yesterday but bielsa talked about in his press conference about the and it was the same with chris wood uh, against burnley and it's going to be the same against chris wood uh, against newcastle the strikers backing in isn't a foul but if the defender backs forwards that you're giving away a free kick and i and there wasn't a single instance of a foul in that yesterday despite it being the same referee. So we must have changed something. How did we handle it? Really well, didn't he? He he was absolutely superb. He's, he's, I mean, I've always been a Cooper man, but yeah, Stroke's going to take some, some moving because he's, he's just looking just perfect almost. Would you have Strike and Lorente back in? I think I, I really like cock. Insert joke. <laughs> I, I love cock. I do. Um, and uh, but although he played really well in, in defensive midfield as well, so I guess without Phillips, then then I'd stick my cock in midfield. But um, I, yeah, I think it's tight between cock and Lorente. Some people have to do a bit of editing here, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. You got to leave it in. Leave Some people. In think Lorente's uh, basically they accuse him of the same thing that they say with Cooper that he's full of mistakes a um, bit lavish and they don't really see the point in him yeah. what, what do you think I think I think Lorente's class I think he's been really good but um I, you know we've, it's it's an embarrassment of riches we can just play anyone even Helder um Cresswell has looked great uh, yeah it's it's mad how many top centre-backs we seem to have, ailing when he plays there. I, I, a lot of people don't don't feel as comfortable, but I think he does really well at centre-back. We we operate a nightclub system. It's it's one in, one out. So Furpo's out this weekend, but Lorente's back. So Strike may even play mm. left-back-y. And so you can incorporate Lorente, Cock, ailing Dallas, if you want, right? But however you choose to, uh, yeah, I to think set that's what they do. That's probably a good shout. He'll probably do that, and then we've still got Hilda for when one of those four gets injured, and then Stuart but, Dallas will end up somewhere, maybe up front. Who knows? So defending at corners, we had a warning sign, we ignored it. Stuart Dallas lost his man and was slamming his hand on the ground afterwards. Did they change who they were marking when we had the? Uh, substitutions what what went wrong was it just an individual error by Dallas or why are we so poor at it when you talk about Lorente before and the mistakes that are in him I sometimes think that the way we play forces those mistakes out of him you know the the man marking system sometimes is I know it's like talked about it's controversial um because when we were when we had that spate of losing badly, it was kind of like, well, this this doesn't work, and zonal marking is the thing that we should do. And actually, I noticed last week that one of the goals we conceded, they they played in a zonal way, and they were like letting players change between them. And I think we actually conceded a goal as a result of playing in that way. So it's kind of like, well, which way is it? So I do I do think that um, I don't know whether it, it it's a case of well, he has a mistake because. He hasn't played consistently with anyone by his side. 
and he hasn't played consistently himself all season. So of course he's going to have mistakes. Like Cooper, if Cooper comes back in, he's going to have mistakes, and that's just the way it is, and it's it's circumstantial. I know that doesn't answer your question about Dallas, um, <laughs> and I would say that Dallas was well, he was basically pissed off because I think he let him go, didn't he? And it happens. It was what? the most obvious movement. It did <laughs> yeah. Like this little yeah. shimmy turn. I think it's the so... fact that it's the fact that Bowen's like five foot two or something as well, yeah. and he got a clear Shouldn't header. Shouldn't be getting a header yeah. in there. Bit harsh. He's probably taller than that. Thing is, as well with the with the defending of corners, we, we we don't like we seem like the, we man mark like really. Um, oh god, what's the word now? Like we seem to concentrate too much on the marking and not the yeah. actually going to get the ball. Like you see yeah, it all exactly. the time. Like they're, they're just more bothered about their man. And you know that ball that dropped on Bowen's head. You know he's in the middle of the box and he's what like seven yards out, and and the ball's dropped on his head like. Yeah, that's a, that's as much the team's fault as it is Dallas for losing him. Um, almost. It's and in the Canada's down away. Melier could have. Gone. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, maybe. Well, I say we're picking it. I can I can believe that our gaffer will be picking it quite uh, finely this week. So, yeah, next on my lengthy list of things, I uh, I did actually write Bowen. Is he class? Should he be playing for England? Because he's on a rich vein of form, but he actually. Um, we've we've covered that now by saying actually it was just very lucky and it'd never <laughs> happen again so don't worry about that one um, joking aside I do think Bowen is a really good player like he caused do you remember that it was that it was that whole game where I think we were 1-0 up and he basically dragged the team yeah to beat us didn't he I think he scored two for them as well but he, not, did. he didn't he didn't just nick two goals he created them from like a left back position basically it was it was phenomenal in that game it's why we were desperate to sign him for so long yeah uh, but at the point that he went to West Ham they were a poor out at the bottom of the Premier League and we were going he should be coming to us and come up with us rather than going to someone who's going to come down which looked like a a, a potential big potential thing at that point in time before they've had really rapid progress which is why like you say you don't think they're necessarily all that but they've just they're they're actually to me an inspiration to where if we when we stay up this season, you look at someone like West Ham and go, that's where we could be in a short, relatively short space of time because they're knocking on the the door of the status quo, and um, fair play to them because they've got consistency, they've got an identity, and they've got players that buy into the system. All things that we do, um, we're just lacking the consistency and the experience at this point in time. Yeah, I thought that the other day. Um, you know, you look at our matches against Leicester and West Ham, who are two teams that they have infiltrated the top six. You know, Leicester won the cup. Like either one of them have finished in the top six or seven in the past two or three seasons. And we're really not don't seem that far behind them when when we come up against them. Um, so, you like to say, yeah, consistency or I don't know. We're you know we're not that far away. So it. It is it is pretty exciting when when you think about it. You know we've lost every game to West Ham, but we've given them a good game every time. Even that home game last season, like you know, it was looked at as one of our worst performances. But we should have drawn that. I remember Rodrigo missed a sitter at the end, and we conceded two really useless goals from set pieces. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the future's bright. So a word on Dan James. I think even when he doesn't score. I think he provide. I think he's constantly terrorizing defenders. Um, 
because because of his endless running. Um, so his his contribution is incredibly valuable. But I was uh, when I was making my notes, I was watching Match of the Day too, and the guy from Robot Wars said, "What a wretched finish." It was a pretty wretched finish, wasn't it? When he was like Rafinha's passes are so deft. He he puts them into the like the perfect position. Did he overthink that? What happened? I think it was just the first touch. It was uh, I think Ian Wright said it. Um and it just got stuck under his feet. If it if it had got that out of his feet, he'd have been in and probably still put it straight at the keeper, but nevertheless he'd have had a better chance. Um it from when he took the shot, it was probably quite hard to score, but obviously it wasn't a good effort because it was straight at the keeper, but, you know, it wasn't a sitter. I don't think it was a wretched miss, but it might have been a wretched attempt, I suppose. I was surprised he didn't run with it further. I kind of mm. thought he was going to mm. create a bit more, uh, you know, use his pace to kind of catch the keeper off guard, slot slot around him and just, well, get around him and just slot it in. But, yeah, it was a weird one. I thought he could have done more. I thought the header off... Um, off the free kick that hit the post. I thought that was the best chance. Um, oh, yeah. He got that was badly wrong. It did, given that he scored with his head last time out in mm. the league. But, no, fair play, I think. Was that the Rafinha free kick? Against yeah. The post? Yeah. Something else, wasn't it? <laughs> that was something else. I, c- I couldn't work out whether the ground was just diabolically quiet or just there was a microphone, like, on the post because it sounded so loud as well. Boing. I mean, both times when they equalised, we it didn't take as long to score again. As I say, it's a character thing, but we've scored from a corner. It was brilliant. There isn't really much to add on it, is there? It just was. It was. It was great. We were perhaps fortunate that he was just onside, but you know, you'll take that all day long, given the uh, misfortune that we ended up with uh, later on. I think Bill did well, and he did well in that whole game. Really, it was a lovely header across the box, wasn't it? Was he was he shooting? Uh, possibly, but it's like it's that classic of get it in the danger zone, and something could happen. Unfortunately, just after half time, having had good moments, they've scored again. Like as we've touched on this earlier, so it was the long ball that didn't quite come off because it didn't turn the man. He was able to be put under the pressure, which put us straight under the pump. Is there anything on that goal? Was it, I think it was a class finish because he sat him the wrong way. Do you think anyone should have got tighter or was it ultimately just a case of hold your hands up? It, we gambled and it, it, we paid the ultimate price with it. Yeah, I think so. I think maybe, I mean, I looked at Melier and thought it, it reminded me, it was a bit Kiko-ish, like the way he went down too early. You know, Melier for me is best when he when he stands up late and, you know, he's, he's quick enough to react to, to save shots like that. But I think he'll probably be maybe a little bit disappointed at himself. So we went then almost straight away again and uh, pressed Dallas won the ball high up the pitch. Rafinha's ball... Again, I've, I've written deft. It it just, I presume he meant that because he's class. And then it was a deft finish as well, a little, little sublime little lob of, over the advancing keeper. I think that was a quality goal. Yeah, it reminded me of that Stoke one that Pablo did, you know, and there was like a bit of zigzag yeah. passing and then he, he he did it, yeah, squared it to to Dallas, I think. Um, yeah, it was it was great. I To be honest, I expected the keeper to come out. I thought he was going to get there first, but... Uh, 
But no, it was just perfectly weighted and yeah, what a beautiful finish. I think he thought it was going to, was it click running through the middle? I can't remember who let it run. Yeah, there was someone, I don't know. So it kind of had that feeling that it was going to go to click or whoever it was. Yeah. And I think that probably paused the keeper. And then therefore Jack was in a great position. It was a great finish as well. Well, let's take the moment to say this. Congratulations, Hattrick Harrison, on your first senior Premier League hat-trick. Well done, Jack. Well done, Jack. What a smile. What a great... He is a confidence player, we say, this week in, week out, and that is going to be absolutely huge for him. You know, a lot of the players get stick for when they don't take the chances, but he's had three and he's, he's, he's buried all of them. You've got to savour that because it doesn't happen often. And then, yeah, just throughout the rest of the game, it was there were, there were moments you could say we were lucky to hang on with that miss that he had at the end, but we did have the free kick, which we've talked about, the offside goal, which which was a wonderful move. And the the commentary at the time in the game didn't meant I didn't pick up on the fact that they whether they mentioned that the reason it was offside was having players behind the goalkeeper. But as Gary Lineker said on Twitter, that law needs looking at because if the if that doesn't affect the play and it's just literally glanced off him on the way in then it's a bit ridiculous given what they got a goal for last week where someone was interfering with play. And I know that this wasn't interfering play thing, but that was a live thing that directly influenced the goal. Whereas this was sailing into an empty net and it's caught Rodrigo. And yeah, but that's why I, I, I don't know the rules to be fair, but like, I mean, he wasn't interfering with play. So should it have been offside? Like I know people are saying, oh yeah, it's unlucky, but you know, that's the letter of the law. But is it the letter of the law, really? I mean, surely you have to be interfering with play to be offside. And yeah. it hits his arm, but it wouldn't have been a handball because he didn't know about it. I, 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 I don't even know the handball rule either. But like, if it wouldn't have been handball, then it's almost like it didn't hit him. In in the end, it didn't matter. And that's an absolutely massive three points that moves us nine points clear. And we're on to another big fixture next week. I'm really chuffed for the fans I'm I'm sorry for the fans who went last week and didn't get to go this week, but for the uh, for the fans who <laughs> for the fans who were there yesterday, that is the first time this season that we've had an away performance that has matched the intensity of those ones that we had last season behind closed doors, and they were there to sing and shout and to congratulate the team at the end. So I'm absolutely delighted for everyone who got to go and see that. That wasn't a question, was it? It was just a statement. So uh, I'm too bitter to comment. I think when when we won, I just thought, you know. I wanted to go for it in the cup, but if you gave me one of them, these three points were were far more important in the context of our season and where we are in our journey. So, yeah, we're on to the next game. Well, actually, we were giving high praise to Jared Bowen, but he also messed it up at the end, didn't he? Which was we were all grateful mm-hmm. for. I thought there was a free kick in the run up to that as well for us, but then it went their way, didn't it? I'm sure, like, yeah. didn't Antonio or someone like absolutely manhandle yeah. Dallas or yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The quick free kick, it wasn't it. It was on the halfway line when, and I was like, it was on the touchline. I was like, that ain't a free kick. And then I was like, oh, they've taken a quick free kick. Oh, I was like, and you know, it's moments like that where, oh my God, we would be in a foul mood now, you know, given the uh, disallowed goal and everything. So, and it's funny because I I tried to watch back the highlights to see what the foul was or anything, and, and all the highlights cut it off. Um, so yeah, that's annoying as well. But anyway, Jared Bowen, you've missed out on your England debut. Bye. Well, I, he was the one who had the ball pinched off him for our um, 
third goal. So, uh, and no one was singing his praises of, of at that point in time. So, I don't know. There must be bits. In the, the commentators were praising him for playing however many lots of 90 minutes in a row. I was like, see Matthias Click and uh, how many he made. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was a back-to-back league wins, an away win, at a, an established top half uh, club. There's so much out of that that you can then take onto Saturday for which, again, I think every game's huge, but we're going to be facing a relatively familiar foe in uh, Lumperwood up front. Team will be different again because Lorente will come back in. We've talked about that. How are you feeling for Saturday? Yeah, I think I'm confident. I think, uh, yeah, I fancy it. You know, Newcastle, they're in a bad way. We are confident, but yeah, it's the lead to that thing, isn't it? That's the the nagging thing in the back of your head, you know, that, you know, we'll come off the back of those two wins and, and then mess it up at home to Newcastle in, in the one that probably matters the most. But at the same time, we, we should do them. I, I think we'll play well. I think we'll be on it. So as long as we're not terribly unlucky, um, yeah, 3-0. It's amazing that two consecutive wins can make you get close to the little toes of the the top the top half of the table like we're almost there really aren't we and it's yeah. uh it's it's crazy because i think the mood of everyone a couple of weeks ago was very much like oh my god it's sort of do or die but you actually realize things move around pretty quick but i do think this game is yeah it's massive and there was a game earlier on the season where it felt like we were a little bit complacent i think i think it was the brentford game wasn't it and um i just don't think there'll be any of that going into this game like they they know how massive it is and I just think, yeah, everyone will be up for it. Because Newcastle's like, it's a classic fixture for us, I think, as well. It's like, it's a, it's a big game in itself. So I think everyone will be up for it. And I've got a good feeling we'll be all right. Right. Well, I think I'll go to a, a an old feature here. I want a final word. Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very good part. I'm glad you remembered that. So you'll see on, I mentioned last week, but we've, put on social about the Yorkshire Cancer Research Challenge 90, which is to do 90 active uh, minutes of, of exercise a week. And people in and around the club, other podcasts, Phil Hay, everybody's um, trying to push it and, and, and raise awareness. So I just thought I'd tell you, my 90 minutes so far this week, I did uh, five-a-side indoor for an hour on Friday, um, having not done much exercise for a while, and remembered that you need at least three sets of lungs to be able to do that. And it was utterly brutal. And then the second one, I did half an hour's yoga with my three-year-old. And uh, it's a shout out to the lady who does uh, the kids, cosmic kids yoga. On She's YouTube. good, isn't she? Really good. Um, <laughs> because they do a story through it. And we did the frozen one today. So, uh, but that's my 90 minutes, guys. So uh, check it out and get involved. Cheers to Liam Cooper as well for retweeting it. I think it got a, some good attention for the charity, which is well-deserved. Yeah, cheers, Captain. Rocco, what's your final word? Um, Rocco, you've not had to do one of these before. Do you I feel haven't. Bit, do you feel, yeah, I know. Do you feel under pressure? I do, especially when I'm going to come out with my word uh, as uh, knitting. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're knitting together nicely and uh, and everyone's happy. It's good when we win, isn't it? You're quite good with words. You should write or something. <laughs> Do you think? I was actually going to. I'm glad you said that, Paul, because I'm going to use it as a bit of a whinge. Ah, books haven't arrived yet, Rocco. 
Oh, to be fair, they told me that um, oh, they came up with all these COVID-related excuses. They didn't even bother with Brexit. They just went on about COVID and <laughs> lorry drivers and strikes and all this nonsense. So next week, mate, next week. Did it have anything to do with the Suez Canal blockage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, it was, bring that one out. So, just a quick reminder, Rocco, your new book's out 31st of January? 31st of January, the O'Leary years. It's a belter. Looking Everyone's going to love it. Looking Guaranteed all your money back. <laughs> Do you mean that? Because I'm listening to a Jimmy Carr audio book, and he said that everyone can have their money back when they're 102. Um, <laughs> If uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> that sounds good to me. It's a good caveat. It's quite funny, but I mean, he's a comedian. So, <laughs> right, my final word uh, is hype. I'm beginning to get the hype again. I'm feeling the buzz around it. I think if you ignore the cup game, which was it is what it is, those two uh, league games have been have been brilliant, and we've got. I feel a bit hyped for this game on Saturday, and then hopefully we get a little break. Um, Burnley are having a, asking for a little break. They want the game against Watford postponed midweek. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that pans out for them. Um, gosh. They've got 25 million to spend though, haven't they? So see how that goes. But yeah, let's stick to Leeds. I, I feel the buzz right now. And uh, I'm hoping that this time next week we can bring you another buzzing, positive, thrilling edition of the Leeds That Podcast. Podcast Network.